0: You don't have to wait five years before you go into something more comprehensive. I I think there's that sort of stigma drilled into us from dental school in that there's a natural progression when we graduate. It's it's do your time, you know, do basic restorative and hygiene work. And then when five years has passed, maybe you start to look at more complicated things, whether it's specializing or gaining a special interest or becoming a dental practice owner. I have a problem with that. Like, I, I don't think that's necessarily something you have to do. Being in a practice where you have a mentor or a coach, not where you can just call them in occasionally, but we have dedicated time to talk to someone. I think someone to talk to routinely is important. Just to open up and, and just say, hey, we're feeling a bit vulnerable right now. You know, I, I just need to you know, bend your ear for a moment and then talk about it. I think you need to find that workplace where you don't have that moment of transition where whether you're walking into work or you're walking out of work, you feel the same. That's important. So when people say work-life balance is a struggle, typically in dentistry, it could be a sign that either that that culture is not for you or you need to work on your mindset or work on cultivating a mindset that's going to improve your perception of things.
1: CPD Junkie Dental Podcast is about connecting with passionate Australian dentists who are improving themselves and have attended various CPD courses. My aim is to find out for you the best CPD courses around and what they did to help get them to where they are today. So, you can consider doing it and becoming the best dentist you can be quicker. Hi CBD Junkie fam, I'm your host Dr. Lawrence Doan and today we're joined by Dr. Johan Wiemess. He is a Principal Dentist at the Avenue Dental um, on the Sunshine Coast. He was the Graduate of the Year in 2014 as part of the first Graduate of the Year program. Since then, he has grown a team of eight dentists throughout mentorship and giving back to the next generation of dentists through the Australian Graduate of the Year program with Avenue Dental. Since graduating, his focus has been on full mouth rehabilitation, cosmetic dentistry, and dental implantology. Currently, he runs an introductory program to implantology in conjunction with DIO implants. Dr. Johan, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, mate. I appreciate your time.
1: So tell us about your CPD or dental journey so far, especially into, you know, full mouth rehab, cosmetic dentistry and dental implantology.
0: Sure, mate, well, <clears throat> I graduated in 2014 from uh, Brisbane, the University of Queensland. And um, I remember entering this competition, the Avenue Dental Graduate of the Year Awards. And I didn't think much of it at the time, um, but I submitted an application and uh, I was fortunate enough to um, be accepted and be the first winner of that program. and. Steve and Eli, they're the um, owners of Avenue Dental and the the initiative is really just um, trying to give back to the next generation of dentists. But what it actually was, was like the start of my journey with Avenue Dental. So um, I was actually working in Brisbane at the time for um, a small practice. And when I when I entered this award program, um, it's actually a mentorship program, which goes over a year and Steve and Eli run it. It's done, you know, just given out of their own time. And it's all about just trying to give them practical hints and tips in, in everyday dental practice, in private practice specifically, um, all the way from restorative crown and bridge all the way up to like full mouth rehabilitation work. But really what it did for me was sort of inspire me and motivate me to to kickstart my CPD journey. Um, it was only like probably eight months later that I actually joined the Avenue Dental team. Uh and then that really kickstarted my CPD journey in, in a lot more um, in an accelerated form. So I suppose CPD for me, it begins with the sort of philosophy of like begin with the end in mind. And that's not something I've come up with. That's um, that's from Stephen. R. Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. And it's just, I sort of have had to pitch myself in the future and where did I want to end up and what were the steps I had to take to get to that end point? Um, And really when I worked in my private practice in Brisbane, the principal dentist there at the time uh, he specifically worked on implants and implants alone. And I I was really inspired by that. And I noticed that he was, he was busy. He loved his work and it was really life changing. And, and I'm not saying that general dentistry is not life changing for our patients, but probably implants really made quite a a dramatic change compared to what I was doing, you know, with just general restorative and, and hygiene, you know? Yeah. So, so that that's for me, that's when I said, that's what I want to do. That's that's the end result. So what do I do to, to take those steps? So in the first few years, uh, I, I did spend a lot of time and, and my initial earnings in CPD, I probably did spend um, a little bit more time studying rather than working. Um, and, you know, you got to find that balance. But for me, it was, it was just head down and trying to get the most I can out of these courses. Um, I think I started my journey with um, a lot of Lincoln Harris's programs. So initially I was one of the first guys to do Lincoln Harris's course continuum, which was like a year long, we'll call it a residency, covering different modules. And some of it was related to um, uh, full mouth rehabilitation work, crown and bridge restorative, Mm. Um, but it did go into soft tissue grafting as well. So it covered a few different bases. Um, That was fantastic. Lots of different lecturers were involved, including Lincoln. Um, and as we all know, he's, he's an inspiring, um, you know, practitioner himself. So that was, that was an eye opener. I took a lot away from that and I could implement a lot in my, in my private practice. I then moved, uh, more specifically to implants quite quickly. So this is hard because implants and ortho are sort of those two niches where, um, the journey never ends. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, there's no one course. Yeah. Uh, but for me, you know, I dabbled in little weekend programs, but I, I tried to do the more comprehensive ones as well. So where I went with implants, I did the MIS overseas um, hands-on training in Colombia, uh, specifically in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, I did that with some colleagues and and that was, as you can guess, just placing implants, just getting straight into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that was fantastic. That was really just to get an idea of hand skills and, and a feel of, Bone densities, working with your first implants, and 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 working with patients and trying to ease their anxiety around the procedure. Uh, given the language barrier, not not easy, yeah. <laughs> as you can imagine. But that was that was phenomenal, as you, as you can imagine. Hands-on uh, programs are always the case. So, the obvious problem then is the, the gap in the theory. So, as I said, there's there's no one program which covers like everything. In- uh, nice. So they, we had the hands-on um, skills that you could develop there. Really from there, I I, I jumped online. Everyone sort of seeks information, from PR, of course, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and word of mouth is really strong, I suppose, um, for Kenneth Lee in Sydney and his International Academy of Advanced Dentistry. Yeah. So I did his year-long uh, residency in implantology and and honestly i can't speak highly enough of ken uh like he's just he's the most humble man um but just incredibly successful um, but just willing to give back to the next yeah. generation of dentists um and and his program is the one i recommend even though i run a small implant program <laughs> myself I, I just blatantly push everyone to his as well because it's just like um he gave so much to me. So I want him to, um, you know, um, see, you know, the next generation of dentists see um, him as a pioneer as well. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm going to pause you for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go for so, it. So, yeah. I mean, obviously we all graduate, right? And if you're graduating in this kind of day and age, you're on Instagram, you know, you're on social media, you're flicking through, you're seeing everyone, you know, you're seeing all these great clinicians, some of the young clinicians, they're posting like full mouth rehabs, you know? I want to, obviously, at your time, you know, when you were saying you graduating, you kind of dumped into something that was quite extensive, you know, um, such as what you've mentioned, Lincoln Harris's, you know, continuum. Mm. Um, I mean... Looking back now, would you say, you know, that would be something that you would encourage or, um, you know, what would you say about that?
0: Oh, that's a really good question, mate. Um, What I always tell my associates is you you don't have to wait, you know, um, five years before you go into something more comprehensive. I, I think there's that there's that um, sort of stigma drilled into us from dental school in that there's a natural progression when we graduate. It's, it's do your time, you know, do basic restorative and hygiene work. And then when five years has passed, maybe you start to look at more complicated things, whether it's specializing or gaining a special interest or um, becoming a, a, you know, a dental practice owner. Um, And I I have a problem with that. Like I I don't think that's necessarily something you have to do. Mm -hmm. So for myself, uh, you know, my 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 mentors at the time were at Avenue Dental, Steve and Eli, and I just had opportunities um placed in front of me thanks to them. And and one was becoming a dental practice owner um within the first sort of 18 months of, of graduating. Um, but then just pushing me to to do the more complex things, so mm-hmm. like a full mouth rehabilitation, so opening vertical dimension, um, you know, dual arch, crown and bridge, um, and implantology, you know. So granted i had i had incredible mentors so i can't say i would have been as courageous if i didn't have those mentors yeah Uh, but but uh, i don't think we we should hold back you know when we graduate We, we have to have a supportive safe environment to to of course advance our scope but yes if we have that i i think i think it is something where we can push um you know within within the first few years to expand
1: yeah. Well, I mean, like the other thing I oppose I to you is, and you can share your thoughts on this is, you know, a lot of the courses we pick might be something that we aspire to want to do. But sometimes when we go back to practice the next day, we don't see these kind of patients, you know, um, straight up. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And
0: yeah, that's right. a really good point. mate. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, you know, we always come come from these uh, programs, you know, wide-eyed and, and ready to yeah. go, you know, ready to get a scalpel out.
1: Yeah. Because uh, a, a lot it, of our listeners are probably going to listen and they're like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go sign up for something that's quite intensive. But then, you know, they come back and they're like, wait, what happens now?
0: Yes. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Look, I must say it's a slow build. So, I mean, you know, uh, per year, um i might place something like 200 implants but but initially it was one implant a month it was a very slow build you know um and honestly it probably comes about down to communication and sourcing those patients so if your dental practice has getting and you have the good communication processes and skills to to seek those patients you'll get to that point but it is a slow build it, it, yes it doesn't happen definitely overnight that that's true that's true um but but it does happen it does
1: mm. And the next thing I want to go into is, um, so after you, you dive into something like a continuum like that, and that you know you've been given in a situation where you've got the support, you know you've got the patience, you've got the that perf- you've got the right environment to kind of implement, you know everything that you uh, would like to do at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of graduates now, you know, they're talking about I want to do ortho, I want to do implants, I want to do all to kind of learn it all together at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for yourself, you obviously dived into, you know, after full mouth, you dived into implants you know what would your take be on that
0: yeah um really good question mate. and this is something i'm quite passionate about is i i specifically identified implantology as as the the end result that i wanted to go down and and for myself i i didn't want to go halfway like i wanted to go to the full extent where i didn't have to refer out and and that wasn't that wasn't from a selfish perspective it was more so i didn't want to get into this dangerous area of not being able to case select properly, mm. and and I think with implants and ortho, the problem that general dentists have is they can get into a bit of a rut, and they can be in this grey area of case selection where they say, "Look, I think this is just within my scope. I think I can handle this. You know, this is a, a moderate case." But in reality, because they they may be uh, underprepared or might not be fully abreast of case selection they may misinterpret a case and it's something they should actually be referring out rather than taking on. And that's, that's where trouble can land. Um, so for myself, I specifically said, I'll, I don't really have an interest in author. I've got a fantastic associate team where I've got two, um, two experts that uh, have been doing author for quite a long period of time. So I specifically said, look, I'm, I'm not gonna go down that road. Um, one, because if I did it, I wanna go the full way and actually um, take on all cases. But, but two, um, I don't have the, um, the the mental capacity to to, <laughs> to master implantology and ortho. So, so um, I mean, I have the luxury of a team that can support me with ortho. Yeah, um, but uh, I do I do know some very talented dentists that actually have mastered both realms, and that's incredible. But for, for me, I could only master the one for now
1: for now for now (laughs) (laughs) so okay we're gone we've decided we're going down the path of implantology and we want to master it you start at you know with ken's program but that doesn't stop there so where do you go from there
0: yeah yeah fantastic so i i I didn't reinvent the wheel i must say i I literally (laughs) i just look at the greats, and what did the greats do uh so so ken lee was just fantastic But he said, look, if uh, learning doesn't end here, right, um, the next step is some sort of postgraduate work. And in in Australia, there's great programs. Internationally, there's great programs. I I specifically just copied what Ken did. And Ken did the... um, uh, Master of Science in Oral Implantology at Goethe University, and that's in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a two year commitment. Uh, there's a bit of literature involved, like a bit of a thesis that you have to um, undertake. Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, I did this before <laughs> kids. So, <laughs> uh, but but again, um, that that was groundbreaking for me uh, from two aspects. One, obviously, the content of the program is incredible. Um, but the people you did it with some of the people in my in my cohort were actually max facts already or were um prostodontists already so wow. i i equally learned as much from my mates on the lunch breaks or at dinner as i did during the day during lectures so um i can't speak highly enough for that program either but the second thing of course that that gives you is giving you proper accreditation letters after your name I'm not going to say patients seek that, but it does give you a level um, of security or confidence with patients that they say, okay, well, this guy is, um, you know, separate from, you know, the majority of general dentists out there. Mm -hmm. I feel safe with him.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, mean, that wasn't the only thing you did, right? I I hear that you've done the ITI... is it uh ICOI as well? You know, are you doing it's- this all in a space, the same two years that you're tackling the you know the masters?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's pretty exciting. Like there's just so many opportunities out there to um to gain these special interests and uh like these different fellowships, you know, like um the ICOI, so the International Congress of uh Implantologists is a very supportive cohort of um lecturers and clinicians and academics. Um, and there's different qualifications you can get through them. So with mine, luckily, I could um, gain what you call um, a diplomat status, which, uh, again, like um, a lot of the greats have it, and it's just lovely for patients to be able to see that you can put the time and the, and the knowledge into that area. Uh, and then the ITI, the International Team of Implantologists, is just another um, group of academics and um, clinicians that's very supportive, great um, study clubs as part of the organisation. So the more you can be involved, like you're just a sponge. Like just the more you absorb, the better. Um, I, I personally, I believe in curiosity. So just always, you know, the the learnings of today are probably going to be the errors of tomorrow. Is what a great man once said. Um, uh, one of the academics that go to university, and it's so true. Is literally, you know, you can't be stubborn and and, and stick to your your learnings of today because they're they're always changing so um learning never ends we're always we're always progressing
1: yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head like i was going to say you know what a common question i usually ask us you know what kind of advice would you give to someone who's just starting their dental education so um to your point i guess yeah so okay Let's, let's just, you know, put things into setting again. So you, you've graduated, you've worked at a dental clinic, right? And in which case, you're also um, in the program for Avenue Dental, the Australian Dentist um, Program of the Year, um, recent graduate um, of the year. Uh, you're, you're learning from them along the way. And then, sure enough, an opportunity arises. And then, you know, you get to, an opportunity to join the team. You join the team and then, you know, you're learning one full mouth and then two, you're doing dental implants, right? But an opportunity you were saying, you know, comes about where it's like, okay, um, about ownership kind of comes on, you know, for a lot of our clinicians, you know, they reach a point where they're contemplating about practice ownership, being a specialist or being a super GP or, you know, even starting a family, you know, what are your thoughts and, you know, how did you kind of go about that?
0: Yeah. Oh, great question, mate. It's a deep one. (laughs) It's loaded, loaded. Yeah, 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 that's good. Um, There'll be lots of opinions on this, I guess. Uh, My my, my philosophy, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but beginning with the end in mind. So um, for myself, I I knew that I wanted to be a a general dentist specifically because I I still wanted to do um, cosmetic work, full mouth rehabilitation work. So I I wanted to be a general dentist. Um, I wanted to really... Um, focus on implants and and i had the the game plan set out for that becoming a practice owner i'm not going to lie that actually wasn't on my agenda for a little while um because again university at my time sort of drilled into us don't even think about that like it's not on the horizon you got to do your time you got to get experienced usually five to ten years and then start to look at owning a practice so really the the opportunity arose because avenue dental is is locally owned um it's not not a corporate organization it's owned just by local guys on the sunshine coast and it was just expansion um at the time we had um three dental practices and now we're um now we're seven growing to um eight and then ten in the next um in the next two years and it was just it was just the timing so the opportunity came up they identified myself as um being a good candidate for that and i just said Yes, I, did, I didn't actually wait. I just said, I just said yes, and then what am I,
1: I saying? Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: but then I then I said yes, but like yes, how do we do this together? And yeah. I suppose the difference and the opportunity that I had is different to what most dentists in Australia would have. In that, most dentists would probably buy a dental practice from a retiring dentist or someone stepping away, stepping down, etc. And and usually, I'd say usually there'll be. Um, in, in a single partnership or, or solo running that practice. And, and I can't imagine that. I think it would be very daunting. I, I personally would not be able to run a practice solo. I think, I think it's um, it would take a lot of time, a lot of effort. And uh, the lucky, the, the fortunate aspect that I have is I run in a partnership with, with two fantastic, um, you know, co-owners and colleagues and, and friends. And we have clear processes, um, clear systems, um that were successful from the get-go and it was not something where i was thrown in the deep end i was supported i was taught everything whether it comes from business the marketing uh or the hr side of things i was taught everything and supported um so it's, it was a unique opportunity i don't think that comes up often but if that ever does come across any of our listeners that's sort of an opportunity a supportive um co-ownership relationship i can't speak more highly enough about it it's it was it was a game changer for me
1: yeah so i mean talk to me about you know what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced being a co-owner and how did you kind of overcome it
0: mm, mm, that's a good call i'd say i'd say for myself the obvious thing is becoming a principal dentist or an owner earlier than average, I'd say was, was, was tricky because I was trying to master just general dentistry, whether it was cosmetics implants or, um, crown and bridge work at the same time as learning, um, uh, ownership of a dental practice, you know, so the business, the HR, the marketing side of things, um, it was a lot to take in <laughs> and it's st- and again, it still is like, you're, yeah, you're, you're, we're still learning.
1: This is uh, when you're what, sorry, second or third year out of uni right now.
0: This was second year. Yeah. yeah. Second year out. So um, I'm not going to say I was successful from the get-go. Eh? <laughs> exactly, massive, yeah, yeah. Massive learning curve. Yeah. Um, but but I still look back and I don't regret anything anything of it. Some of my best memories are um, from leading a team, good mates. Um, it's a it's a second family, it truly is. You know, you don't become an owner for finances. You know, it's like becoming a specialist. You got to do it if you if you love working with people and you love growing a team of of people that share your values and beliefs and you're in a common goal um there's no other reason to do it yeah um but yeah the timing of it yeah earlier than average when it comes to the family side of things so that was the other half of your question yeah uh my wife and i we wanted to be uh i'll say younger parents so and that's a vague definition but um i mean i'm 30 30 uh 32 this year and um, Still
1: young got, mate. Still yeah, young. Yeah, no,
0: no.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm 32. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. Um and we've we've got three three kids um just just under 3 and uh it's 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 a massive curveball like I can't say I could have done all this study um whilst having these kids I must say that. So I did manage to finish up the heavy study right before we had our first um first child. So having a family is definitely a full-time job. I know everyone says it. Um that like nothing could prepare you for it (laughs) it is like the most um, rewarding thing ever but it is honestly um 10 times harder than any implant case i've ever done (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, I mean, because how do you kind of balance it all? You know, obviously, I'm sure the newer ones that are coming out because, you know, there's a there's a growing number of female graduates now in the dental um, space, right? And for them, you know, one thing that they have to, you know, con- really consider is that family aspect, you know. For someone like yourself, you know, who really were young parents at the time, I'm sure they would be leaning on you for advice on, you know, being wanting to be a great clinician, trying to achieve all these goals, but also being able like being a really successful you know parent as well so what would you say to that
0: yeah yeah great question um i think for myself i'm I'm a big goal setter uh so so i've got goals that um outline the next three months the next five years and then the next 25 years so again beginning with the end in mind so for people that are coming out into the industry identifying what they want in their career and, and trying to see as far ahead as as they can and setting goals for that and then taking baby steps um towards that uh that's for their career as well as family life so when do you envision being a parent you know some some people naturally uh want to achieve quite a bit first before going into parenthood and i I can understand that i I, again i i don't think i could have achieved as much early on whilst being a parent um it it is it is tricky to balance um but then again I, i couldn't see myself being a and an older parent either because you need the energy to run around after the little <laughs> ones, so it's it's a balance. But as far as as far as working that out, trying to trying to see where you want to be, where's the end result, and then work backwards from that. And it's a balance, of course. Um, some people are going to pick career and place um, having a family second, and vice versa.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I want to say for our listeners, you know, um, Dr. Jan here he himself, you know, recently had a new family member to the family as well. So nice. you know, congrats to that.
0: Thanks mate. Yeah. and ten him ten, taking ten the time
1: own. taking <laughs> the time aside to come on this podcast to have a chat with us you know thank you so much for that
0: no i appreciate your time man thank you
1: yeah <laughs> so okay how do you go about you know because everyone's got their own flavor to everything all right so how do you go about building your team of staff and associates you know what qualities are you looking for when you're hiring new employees
0: yeah yep yeah. oh, okay uh well I guess Avenue Dental, not just my practice, but all all of our practices, we we have a set of core beliefs or values, and we have a vision. and um, our, our vision is to positively change dentistry in Australia, and and um, we we are quite serious about that. That's not just a slogan we we slap on, you know, the banner of our of our practice. That is something we live by. We actually bring up on a daily basis with our team. So when it comes to hiring and later on training, uh, every member of our team, dentists as well as support staff. We hire based off beliefs, okay, and values, and do they align with our values? So, we may not necessarily want the most experienced dentist to come onto our team if they don't actually align with our values. You know, if all they're caring about is, um, you know, pumping patients, just getting things done, and um, not building rapport and giving the best ever experience possible, well, we may not actually want. That. Okay, um, we have had a lot of success with. Uh, hiring recent graduate dentists, and it's because of what we provide. Touring is is dedicated um, on a weekly basis. The time is set aside on a weekly meeting schedule for all of our dental team members. So no one, no one's excluded. myself myself included. Um, I have a coach myself, and a one hour of dedicated coaching per uh, per week, and that's covering um, clinical as well as communication, and in some aspects, personal development. As well as business and um, practice ownership, if a person is interested in that, so I, I think we attract a lot of dentists because they actually seek that mentoring. Um, and when we say mentoring, I, I think there are different 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 definitions. Um, you know, having another dentist in the room that you can, you know, grab at the end of the day, that could be mentoring for someone. But but really, mentoring for us is again goal based. You know, dedicated hour meetings week on um, for every single dentist. That's mentoring for us.
1: Mm. Mm. You beat me to the question. I was going to ask you what's your mentoring style, but um, I think <laughs> you already said it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, I guess, um, yeah, mentoring style is we, we do follow a structure. We have a lot of resources that we give our dentists um, that cover cosmetics, you know, um, full mouth rehabilitation work, as well as all general dental procedures. Um, But the the core of it is just goal setting and supporting dentists um, fulfill their goals that they set um, in a flexible environment.
1: So you're saying you assign someone to that particular graduate if they're interested in a particular line of aspect of dentistry is that what you're saying or
0: yeah um close close essentially every practice has a principal dentist so in my case um i'm the principal dentist of the mutual branch and um you know i've got my team of associate dentists and i have coaching with them um weekly okay and when it comes to goal setting um you know we, we brainstorm ideas and we give them um advice as to where we should direct their coaching and we help them, um, you know, um, crush their goals essentially. But mm-hmm. we we provide resources as well. So um, a lot of uh, basic general dentistry framework resources um, that surround again full mouth rehabilitation, crown and bridge work, cosmetic work, a lot of communication tools. So we do we do quite extensive training in communication mm-hmm. and um, fantastic results. Yeah, really fantastic results. And we've grown from. Um, I mean, when I joined Avenue Dental, we were a team of like maybe total dentists about twelve. Up to now, close to forty-five dentists. So yeah, um, it's it's very exciting.
1: Hmm. So I mean, obviously, like you know, some uh, associate of yours might be like, okay, I want to learn about ortho, and you might be like, you aren't like I'm not the kind of guy for it. But what would you do then? Would you be like, here's someone else that is, hmm. you know, further down the path of that who can really help you out with it?
0: Yeah, yeah, spot on, spot on. So obviously um, we can't be the master of all trades. Yes. Uh, well, I guess some people can be, but not myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in those situations, also in implants, we can support their coaching and we've got um, different team members that we can direct associate dentists to, to, to um, gain mentorship from. But inevitably we, we strongly encourage those team members to, um, seek postgraduate study. So I'm not saying it's um, 100% requirement, but you'll find that the majority of our team members that provide either of those two modalities um, have either got postgrad qual- qualifications or aren't undergoing that.
1: Yeah. So, as uh, so you, I mean, I could be saying it wrong, but would you say that, you know, as much as, you know, you guys might be supporting, uh, offering the support for them, they themselves also have to demonstrate that they need to go out and, you know, educate themselves and not be solely reliant on the practice to give it to you?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would say for um, purely the dentist that wants an advanced scope in terms of ortho and implants, that, that's when we're going to advise them to look externally for programs. But when it comes to providing um, uh, support and resources for anything a general dentist can do, up to full mouth rehabilitation work, you know, dual arch crown and bridge, veneers, um, we've got the full support and resources for that. And and that's something you don't necessarily have to look externally to towards. I mean, I did by doing Lincoln Harris's programs, but mm-hmm. um, I, I would have I, I would have been fine under Avenue Dental's resources and, and training as well, just as well.
1: Yeah, you changed it even more once you joined, hey? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So let's talk about this, right? So, you know, you're a lecturer, you're a mentor on the program, you know, you run your own, uh, you know, um, DIO implants introductory course as well. You know, these are all very exciting titles, but what does that involve and what kind of achievements are you so proud of so far?
0: Oh, sure. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, I'm not used to talking about myself. (laughs) so um my, my greatest achievement or what i'm most proud of um honestly it's being a dad <laughs> not, not to get on the mushy side of things but being, yeah. being a dad is by father the hardest thing that that i um got to grips with and 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 you can never be a master of being a dad but i'm getting better and better as each day goes by but I've, i'm i'm very proud of being a father actually and and it's um you know my, my wife is incredibly supportive and she's allowed to me to to focus so heavily on my career, so um, hats off to my lovely wife Brittany who's <laughs> going to be listening to this. Um, but in terms of my clinical career, what I'm most proud of, um, uh, I, I think being a, I think being a practice owner actually is, is is incredibly rewarding. So as much as I could focus on the clinical, the implant side of things, seeing seeing a, a practice grow um, from a small form to to a large family of of people that. That you care about and, and respect you, and you respect them back. Um, that that is really rewarding. It does bring up the same emotions as having your own family. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you really form a strong bond with them, and I really think it does come back to the values that align. You know, we, we have people in our team that um, believe in the same common goals that I do, and um, it's a very form a very very strong bond that you form with that team, and and that's probably my my biggest uh, most proudest achievement that I can think of is, um, growing a team with the support of my co-owners, um, and, and growing a second family.
1: Mm. But you know what? No, all, no family is all, you know, roses, right? There yes. are times when it's kind of like, you know, you know, your, your sibling just don't kind of get along for different <laughs> reasons, you know? I mean, how do you kind of um uh, kind of bring it back and just kind of realign you guys are all on the same page trying to achieve the same
0: goal yeah no that, that's that's um it's difficult to answer that in brief i mean I, I i mean i'd love to have you for a day at the practice of it and, and, and just <laughs> you could just soak it in but um you know i could i could do a little plug here about avenue general but we we were awarded the most um um uh the, the best best workplace in Australia three years in a row as part of this um uh this award program the best place to mm. work in Australia and and that's not something easily achieved like it it comes from values and forming a culture and and when I say culture it's it's not just taking the team out for a, for a couple of beers and a pizza on a Friday night like it's nah. it's putting the effort in on a daily basis um it's setting goals of every single team member it's every team member having a coach it's having systems and processes so that when you have a new staff member, they don't feel like they're just jumping into a, an open ocean, you know, they feel like they're supported. Alone, yeah. Um, and it's making reference to those values that we live every day. You know, it's, it's something where whether I'm at work or I'm at home, I feel like I'm living, you know. It's, there's, no, there's no sigh of relief when I, when I come home from a day of work. It's just you're living all the same. It's, it's, it's a pleasure.
1: Mm. So who's your coach to being a great parent?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, right? Um, well, I've done a lot of reading both, both in terms of like personal development, but also parenthood. Yeah. Uh, so there's some, there's some great books out there, but, um, a lot of my mates are actually like my co-owners, are uh, parents themselves. And I've, I've had a lot of deep, uh, conversations going into parenthood with them and, you know, getting advice from them. Um, but also just learning as you go as well i mean there's some things you can't you can't be prepared for going into parenthood yeah Um, i think clear communication with your partner um in 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 my case my wife you know um that that allowed us to navigate the the treacherous waters (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but clear communication and expectations going into um uh raising a family is important
1: yeah No, that's fair. So, which brings me to another question, which is, you know, um, who's been pivotal in your career path and why?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Honestly, you you never forget your first mentor and and that's, um, you know, they they hold a special place in your heart. It's, you know, it's like your first love in a way, isn't it? Yeah. Um, My my, my first mentor was was my co-owner, Steve. um, Yeah. And then subsequently, um, my other co-owner, Eli um, from Avenue Dental um steve Steve places implants himself as well and and he he was he was my first clinical mentor that really opened my eyes up into the um what's possible in terms of learning but at an advanced rate so you know doing procedures that i thought i'd have to wait five years to do you know um also personal development so i didn't really have any exposure to personal development or or bringing out the best um, version of myself or clarifying my personal values Um, and he was a big um yeah it had a, a lot to do with that so without a doubt hands down um that you know he was my biggest mentor mm. and still is <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want to give a special shout out to holly your nurse yes yeah most
0: definitely yeah holly, <laughs> um, yeah she's my um superstar nurse yeah she's um she's incredible we've um worked together for a number of years and um, yeah, sadly, she's um, going off on maternity leave soon, actually. So, I'll, I'll be a bit lost without her. You'll <laughs> <laughs> have to share some words of wisdom with her, hey? Yes, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> so, has there been an, an interesting
1: case that you've ever worked on where you actually, you know, and what did you learn from that?
0: An interesting case, yeah. I think, luckily, luckily with implantology, as I was learning the different procedures and as I was advancing my scope, naturally patients were, were seeking me out for those procedures, (laughs) which was perfect timing. So I never had an instance of, um, I just finished an implant course and then someone walked in wanting full arch of implants and all on four, you know, that never happened to me luckily. Yeah. Um, I always, I always came back from an implant program and someone had um, a case of like a lower molar, um, missing molar. you know, something which is a standard classification of of an implant. and, and that was good because it supplemented my learning really well. I suppose the, the biggest eye opener for me was when I did start doing full arch therapy work when it comes to implants. So your typical all on full case. Um, and when I, when I first undertook these, these cases on, um, massive eye opener, but um, incredibly thrilling and life-changing. So I'll never forget the first one I did. It was, um, it was absolutely life-changing for the patient um patient was incredibly supportive and um fully abreast of like where i was at in my Mm -hmm. journey as well um but fully supportive of me doing it it was an incredibly great result um and you know we reviewed her um recently and it's been um it's been about seven years in her um she had all on six on the upper jaw and fantastic healthy you know very happy and that was really rewarding i learned a lot from that and i could um help future patients from those learnings
1: yeah well i mean look hey i mean it's one thing to have all the theory right and then the next thing is to apply it but when you're going and you're leveling up to that you know extent where maybe it might be out of the realm of or maybe what your normal practice does how do you kind of um ensure that you know you're both you're best prepared for that situation
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a really good one mate. i i I find it has been it's easier in your early days. So in, in the early days or when you where your scope is fairly limited, you know, everyone's on the same level playing field as yourself and you can reach out to the colleague next, you know, in the other room in the other surgery. That's easy. Yeah. Or, you know, you bring it to your, your coaching sessions that we have each week. But as as you get through to more advanced scope, that that um, ability to seek information does become slightly narrow or harder to to find. You know, for example, if you're doing like all on four cases. And something abnormal happens, something you don't recognise. There's people you can reach out to, but it but it is narrower, of course, than when a class two filling doesn't go the way you want it to. You know. Yeah. So, for for myself, um, honestly, the Instagram community has been a game changer for me. So as much as I can say my programs have been beneficial and everything, they they form the core of that. But what helps me level up, um, I'd say, to them, from um the advanced scope um you know treatments that i provide the instagram community incredible and a little bit different to facebook like facebook tends to be a little bit more um protective of, of, of ideas and knowledge but I, <laughs> I find on instagram um the the surgeons on there are just so humble and so f- um willing to freely give information and, and help others grow and I've really enjoyed becoming a part of the Instagram community. I I think I started maybe a year or two ago and um yeah, I've 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 tried to give a little bit back as well in terms of knowledge to the to the dentists on there, but um, what they've given me is is oh, tenfold more.
1: Mm, yeah. I mean I do I will admit it, you know, if you get a whole bunch of DM messages now, you know, you asked for it, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, I mean, do you think any part of, you know, your past as a tutor at UQ or, you know, a tutoring for high school or primary school students had anything to do with how, you know, looking back now, you're a lecturer and a, you know, mentor out there now?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Look, that's a, that's a tough one. I'd, I'd probably say I never envisioned myself to, to be like a lecturer, or, or even a practice owner, to be honest. Um, so looking looking back, if if I was in dental school or even high school and I, I had a a preview of where I am now, I'd probably say, oh, well, I don't know if that's if that's realistic or if or if I you know that's going to happen, it probably would be a bit of a surprise for me. Um, I think I think what I do now honestly comes down to my mentors, and my mentors supported me to get to where I am. Um, everything I achieved you know, we can say is, is, comes from within, but, but ultimately it, it does form from a trusting supportive relationship. And that's from my, my mentors at Avenue Dental, but also the, also the people that I've learned from in the programs that I mentioned. Mm.
1: So, I mean, like I said, oh, there, we, we all have struggles, yeah. At some point, you know, in our dental journey, you know, have there been other ones that, you know, we haven't mentioned so far that some of our viewers might not know about.
0: mm. mm, mm. Yeah, struggles, and when you when you if I was to clarify this question, Lawrence, um, would you say struggles um, purely clinically or more so? Um, uh, I, dealing I'm
1: happy with- to go okay. either way. We've had guests come on and they've talked about you know how they maybe um, you know trying to find that balance or you know in their journey in terms of maybe when they are trying to get into Australian you mm. know to become a dentist through the ADC or whether it be through a tough case that they came across or um, whether it be through just mental health in other Mm. aspects um, or even, you know, dental legal issues. I've had people talk about and openly talk about their own experiences in regards to it. So it's, you know, whatever you are willing to share with us, you know, um, you know.
0: That makes a lot more sense. Thanks, mate. Um, Yeah. I'm a whole points here actually. Uh, So I think um, physical health is, is, is one of the points I'd bring up here is Obviously, our, our, our back and our posture and our neck is is something we all suffer from. Something I've always done from a young age is um, is weight training. And What comes with that is flexibility and and stretching and you know physio work and and that's something I've done on on a daily basis. And luckily, that's kept me very healthy and and happy um, physically in, in the profession. Um, so, in terms of uh, some of the things I've seen other dentists really struggle with, is just that physical health. You know, a lot of my associates. Um, I have to see physios regularly, um, you know, more as a reactive, um, you know, sense to, to an injury. But I think being proactive, you know, so always moving your body outside of work, you know, and that can be anything from walking to stretching physio, whatever whatever they deem um, good for them. For me, it was mm-hmm. weight, weight training. Um, and I, I feel really fortunate <laughs> that I haven't had major injuries. And I, I really feel it's because of that proactivity there. Um, mental health as well So probably the challenge for myself in the first two years When I was upskilling um, at, a, at a fast rate Is yeah, the, the mental toll is, is you're doing procedures that are quite scary initially And that can be like anything in life Learning to drive a car When I first hopped in the car I was scared out of my mind <laughs> <laughs> I did no idea what I was doing Um, so everyone get off the road. (laughs) Oh, I can never forget the first time actually it was horrible. Um, (laughs) but, but, you know, um, dentistry is the same and dentistry can be very isolating as well. So, um, again, being in a practice where you have a mentor or a coach, not, not where you can just call them in, you know, occasionally, but where you have dedicated time to talk to someone, you know, whether it's a mate or another clinician or your partner, I think someone to talk to, routinely is important um not to not to offload you know all the troubles at work but but just to open up and, and just say hey we're feeling a bit vulnerable right now you know um, i just need to you know bend your ear for a moment and, and talk about it and um of course i've always had that both with the mentoring but also the relationships around me and that's that's kept my mental health quite strong but there are always points where you come home and you bring work with you that's inevitable um i don't think anyone can avoid that complete again be proactive um other challenges uh, pro- people will often talk about work-life balance in in dentistry and i'd sort of challenge that question work-life balance because for me it's not a finishing a day of work and then as i said walking home you know and and walking through the door and sign say oh i can't finish now i can now i can switch off i think you need to find that workplace where you don't have that moment of transition where whether you're walking into work or you're walking out of work you feel the same that's important so when people say work-life balance is a struggle typically in dentistry um it, it could be a sign that either that that culture is not for you or or you need to work on your mindset or work on cultivating a mindset that's gonna um, improve your perception of things and and, and sort of fizzle out that idea of work-life balance.
1: Mm. Mm. That's fair enough. So, you know, again, a lot of our listeners are young and hungry dentists, you know, you know, they want to achieve large goals. So what would you, I mean, if I could ask you, what would success look like for you in the future? What would that be?
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's great. Right. Um, well, I mean, I can, I can, I could probably answer this by referring to some of my long-term goals. Um, and for myself, some of my learned long-term goals is, um, uh, to, to grow a, um, a happy, healthy family and, and to have the three children that I do today, but, but to personally pass on like my set of um, values to them and, and sort of nurture their um, like a positive mindset from them in the future. So that, that's, that's what I have for my family in the, in the future. That's successful in terms of the family outlook. In terms of my career, I, want, I have a goal to sort of give back as much as I can because I've received so much in my career in Avenue general but also external um, so I mean whether it's running my program or um, giving back through the graduate of the year program that we run each year um, or just through Instagram I'm trying to give back as much as I can to the to the um, to the industry that that's something that I see as a, as a form of success if I if I can have an influence on a you know number of dentists in, in our in our community I, I'd see that as, as a success um, and then I suppose patience as well. So uh, if if I can have meaningful relationships and long-lasting relationships with the patients that I help, um, that, that, that's something that makes me sleep well at night. You know that it takes the it brings the emotion into your work and gives you purpose. So I have found that. Um, mm-hmm. So I can truly say I am happy and I love what I do. Whether I'm a, again I'm at um, home or at work, I am I am happy um, and. Uh, I'm sure a lot of dentists have that, but, but if, if, you know, if you don't try and seek that in, in, in one shape or another, um, I think it's important.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I mean, there's a lot of other questions I want to ask you, but you know, to kind of wrap it all up, do you have any wise words, wise words of wisdom for the budding young dentist and you know, what you think? as a are the key skills and attributes that they should be focused
0: on? a good question, mate. Um, I think there's two, two ways of going about it. One is being open and honest with the patient. So uh, sometimes for our associate dentists that are doing the first, let's say, set of veneers, being honest with the patient and saying, look, this is something I'm trained for. This is something I'm doing. Um, are you okay with me doing this? I'm happy to do this case at just the lab, fill, uh, lab fee, for example. Um, And, you know, I I take lots of photos, we document this case so that I can, you know, benefit future patients. You know, being honest with patients and communicating in that way might help you actually um, sort of tackle these cases. Otherwise, uh, if, if, if a case is truly not within your scope, refer it to someone who can do it. But then ask that person if you can actually participate in some way with the surgery or whether it's assisting or actually doing it with them alongside them using those two will eventually get you to the point where you can actually get hands-on experience one way or another
1: yeah i mean i i've had it in my own experience where i've had a difficult endo case and i wondered you know how does the specialist going kind to of tackle this case and i'd go on and refer it and then i would you know follow it up with the um and then attend and watch how they actually go about doing it
0: perfect perfect now that's unreal mate i mean not everyone's as proactive as yourself but but um yeah that's the way to do it
1: yeah, I mean, when you're young and you've got time, you know, that's the time to do it.
0: 100%.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of other questions I want to ask you, but, you know, to kind of wrap it all up, do you have any wise, wor- wise words of wisdom for the budding young dentist? And, you know, what you think as a, are the key skills and attributes that they should be focusing on developing?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I know I'm a broken record, but um, <laughs> from the from habits of highly effective people, uh, begin with the end in mind. Okay. And and that's for any aspect of life. If it's personal, if it's for your career, relationships, what do you want in the future? And that could be in 10, 20 years, whatever, but identify that as early as possible. Okay. And for me, clinically, that was implants. And and I made steps towards that. Um, For our listeners out there, it could be practice ownership, it could be being the ultimate general dentist, the master of all trades, you know, Um, but identify where the end is for you and, and 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 strive towards that
1: yeah wow so i mean we we're asking a few guests uh, we we're asking you know our, our community for questions but we came on this very peculiar non-clinical question which was They wanted to ask about your AP watch and I see in the back you've got a collection in there. I mean for viewers, for our listeners you probably can't see it but for our viewers he's got a collection in the back there but um, it must have been maybe when you're taking photos or there was a post up online or something like that about the AP Royal Oak one or something. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh look, I I suppose everyone's got their um, their hobbies, hey? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for some reason dentists like, um, usually it's either watches or cars. It's, It's usually one of the now, or golf <laughs> or golf yeah that's true that's true um, now cars I, I I, don't get cars at all like if I can get to work I'm happy um, but watches is just a bit of fun yeah so yes um, I do I do collect them I trade them it's a bit of a bit of a community out there when it comes to watch trading so um, <laughs> every, everyone's got their vices <laughs> <laughs> that's so true
1: so Dr. Johan thank you for coming on the show today if you could let the people know how they can find you
0: yeah perfect so um, if you're interested in Avenue Dental of course just search us on, on Google we'll, we'll be quite high up on the, on the Google rankings um, Instagram so Dr. Johan uh, Wehmas you can search that um,
1: yeah if you like this episode drop a comment below on your favorite part or leave a review don't forget to share it with your friends and we'll see you in the next episode of CP Junkie Podcast